You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined in studio by producer team, also joined by Nick Floor, and we have Kyle on the line here, but I don't think he can hear us. Um, as always, we're having internet issues. Yep. We, we want to keep this podcast consistent, so that's why we had to bring it up. Yes, Kyle is still having internet issues, uh, so we're just going to boot him from the... <laughs> From the screen right there, because he's basically sitting there, uh, not hearing us at all, and we can hear him. It's 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 a goddamn look, shit show. He's looking a little frustrated. We're, shall we? That's say. that's why we're ten minutes late, by the way, uh, to all our fans and Shane. Uh, we were trying to get Kyle's internet sorted out, but as you know, I mean, it's been like six months and we can't figure it out. So uh, there's something wrong. We're with stuck with it, I think. Here, I think we're stuck with it. Uh, well, anyways, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast. Uh, let's give a shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow Kyle at McLaren underscore K producer T. You can follow me at producer underscore TEE. And Nick? You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. There we go. Well, I mean, rough start. <sighs> rough start to the week for us on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, trying to figure out all these issues, but like like I said, what's new? Well, we'll get through it. That's why we got three of us. Yeah. When, when you got, I mean, well, that's why we have four of us. When you have four hosts, at least three will will figure it out at the end of the day. So that's what we got. We hope. We hope. Um, th- this first topic that we have to talk about, I don't even really want to talk no. about it. So Nick, I'm I'm gonna let you take this one. I think it's We're- a perfect analogy for Kyle McLaren right now, showing up but not really performing. Oh. Uh, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Uh, team USA wins the World Junior Championship against Canada, the team that had not been scored on in even strength, the team that had never trailed all tournament long. This is this is so nice. The look on your guys's face for those that are just listening in on the podcast on Monday, and you're not seeing just the disappointment. God, this is this is gorgeous. Go back and watch it because yes, we it, it was a disappointment, <laughs> um, to say the least. You know. The U.S. deserved it. I mean, they played better than the Canadians in the gold medal game. They really showed up to that game. Canada, I, I wouldn't say they played terribly. I, I'd say that they had a bad, a bad 10, 15 minutes. I think yeah, that's they had a really bad intro. It seemed like they came out and they kind of had that, that mentality that the game was already won for them, that they were just going to skate out there, score like 10 goals, and then skate back in, and everything was going to be okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. You could see like the ramp up in their urgency they start out super flat the u.s gets the two quick goals and then instantly canada's like entire game the play everything was just fucking turned up to a 10 and, and but, here's what happened with the canadian team i mean they picked it up in the second half but the states already had two goals so they were able mm-hmm. to shut down the middle of the ice really play a defensive game and you know canada yeah they had a lot of shots on net 
but not a lot of high quality chances. Not, none that I really saw, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it was um, like a singles chance. There was no rebound opportunities. There were no second or third chance. The, the second that, so Canada would get the initial opportunity to possibly score a goal. Spencer Knight would just take the initial shot on, and then they swallowed the puck. There's three to four guys from the Team USA would just smother the puck and just work its way out of the zone. And it was just like a trap style gameplay. Like they did not allow Canada to get a second chance in the offensive zone. Yeah. And Spencer Knight played an amazing game. Uh, he, he's a great goaltender. One, one mm. of the, one of the most brutal things about watching the whole, whole game, to be quite honest with you, was at the end uh, when they made the Canadian captain hand out the medals. Um, that oh, that yeah. was just a sad scene. I mean, the guy's bawling his eyes out. Now he's got to sit, stand there and hand out the silver medals to everybody. I don't know. I feel like they could have had an official do it. They could have had a coach do it. I don't know why you would make a player do it. And I know it wasn't like just that game, but still, I mean, it just seems odd to me. You know, at the end of the day, one of these teams is going to lose and it's going to be devastating for this kid. And you're going to make him hand out medals. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I think that's brutal. Honestly, especially a Canadian in Canada, you know, I mean, honestly, you could fill up that barrel with all the tears. (laughs) from the I'm not going to lie because man, it was, it was rough to watch. Yeah, it was, I don't know who decided on that policy, but that's rough from like a gold medal standpoint. It's cool that if you're the captain, you get to hand it out, but like silver, that's rough. Even bronze. I think there's like a scientific study that there's more happiness out of winning bronze than there is winning silver because with oh, bronze you actually you win something the other team doesn't get anything at all but with silver you're just the first loser <laughs> that's oh. that's exactly what it is so yeah but uh right. you know another amazing tournament i love the world juniors you know i love it more when canada wins but mm-hmm. uh yeah for, I think for us Canadian, Sorry, gotta go, go ahead. ahead no i'm waiting on you now i'm, no, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> i it's a Sharks podcast. The biggest like bummer is the fact that Thomas Bortolo doesn't get that gold medal. It's such yeah, a that disappointment. Does that because does suck. he he was better than uh, some of the players that were on Team USA by like a metric ton. But his roommate got COVID, so due to protocol, he wasn't allowed to play. It just sucks because that experience can help him later on down the line in his development. Plus, yeah. he won a gold fucking medal. Like that's. God, that fucking sucks. Yeah, totally. And I mean, for a, for a lot of guys, I mean, I'm sure Bordalo is going to have a long career, but for a lot of these guys playing in the World Juniors, I mean, that's the biggest game they're ever going to play. So it mm-hmm. is a big moment for a lot of these kids. And you know, hopefully Bordalo can make the NHL and be an impact player. But yeah, it sucks that he had that opportunity taken away from him. Yeah. Um, I think we got some comments coming in. Shane Van Nice. I guess my epic question will have to wait until Kyle's internet spruces up. How much time you got, Shane? Um, <laughs> BI Sports Talk. Spencer five whole night plays one good game within the tournament, of course, against Canada. Oh, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, VI Sports Talk also says this podcast is pretty much an all Canadian lineup. Uh, it's kind of funny because I'm looking at VI Sports Talk right now. He's actually in the <laughs> studio. I can, I can just us. smell the salt from all the way from California. He's just. <laughs> 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 Wiping his tears away. <laughs> Fuck you, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone else that might be crying right now is uh, Evander Kane. I mean, that guy's uh, in some financial troubles, we'll, we'll say. Uh, apparently, he owes the bank, what is it, uh, just under $8 million in 7. loans? $7.8 million. $7.8 yeah. million. 
I mean, she can almost make that in a year, but anyways. Well, yeah, that's the whole like weird thing about this whole scenario is that it seems like when I was just kind of reading through it, it, it's something the Sharks are supposed to be paying the loan through his contract and they stopped in December and they haven't been paying it since. So I don't know if you know a bit more about this, Nick. I I read the articles on uh, San Jose Hockey Now. One of our good friends, Shang Peng, got the article out there. I believe it was either Friday or Saturday. Um, I think it might have been Saturday. But from what I've read, essentially the the Sharks were supposed to be like direct depositing some specific amount and then they just stopped for some reason. I don't know the ins and outs of the details or exactly what went on for that. And it was like he got this money from Centennial Bank on like business and investment opportunities. So it's it's. Worse because Kane has already had issues not paying his markers in the past with the the Vegas casinos. So it's like, dude, it's just a bad luck. Yeah, it's just a it's a bad luck, really. Just just from like a person perspective, like not what this isn't going to like reflect in his game or anything like that. But it's just if, bad. If it's anyone that it's not going to affect like mentally, like on the ice, I think it's Kane. I think it kind of just brushes off his back, but I still, yeah. I agree. I don't think it, it gives anything to his like image. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of players actually on the sharks and younger kids that they go in and they're intimidated by Vander Kane, like it, who's written up in the media, but then they meet him and he's like this amazing guy in person, yeah. but he's just bad decision after bad decision. Kind of, they compiled or they just kind of stick together in a sense. And, they compact together and they become what this is. And it's like, he's got a very, very bad accountant. Yeah. I was going to say, and you never know what <laughs> advice he's getting, right? It's, you know, yeah. he's not going out and he's not seeking these investments necessarily. He's getting advice yeah. from people and you never know, you know, what, what kind of influence he's getting. So it's hard, it's hard to pin it all on him. Right? And I mean, a bad investment is one thing, but when it's a bad investment, that's $7.8 million. Yeah. How much are the bank thing? fees on there? I, I think it know. actually said in the article. I think it was like close to, it was some outrageous number of bank fees. Half, it's a half a million in interest and 90,000 in bank fees. Just God. All right. So Kyle's actually jumped in and out of the stream about 10 yeah, times. So we'll so try and get him back. We're just going to try it once here to bring him back into the stream. Kyle McLaren, former NHL defenseman, <laughs> San Jose Sharks, Boston Bruins. Can you hear us? And no, he cannot. There he's we go. gone. There he's we go. Out of the street, just like that. Once again, I look in the private chat. There's three separate messages that all say "fuck me" from <laughs> Kyle McLaren. He is not happy. He's well, not a happy guy. He's a, and he jumped back in, but he doesn't know that I'm not going <laughs> to let him back in the stream because this is too much. Oh lord. Well, well. So we had to cut Kyle, guys. We had to cut him from today's broadcast. Yeah, he did. He didn't quite make the final roster. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. But uh, hopefully he'll get back on pace here. Uh, let, let's talk about the training camp because, I mean, hockey is right around the corner. I know we've said it for like the last month, but it truly is now. I mean, later in this week, yep. we have actual San Jose Sharks hockey games, which is kind of unbelievable. Because like I've said before, we've talked for like eight months on this podcast about really nothing. We've just, you know, the, the Nick will try. It's the other <laughs> segments, the bullshit topics we brought in. But yep. now... We can finally do what we came here to do, and that's talk about hockey. And I'm pumped. Um, and, and Nick, actually, we're gonna have you're gonna sit down with Shang Peng and talk about the training camp because he's the only person from the San Jose Sharks media that's at training camp. Yeah, he actually drove down there himself 
he landed a couple, I want to say about last week, sometime in the middle of last week. And he had a Facebook Live today. We're recording this, obviously, Sunday. You guys listen on the podcast, listen to it on Monday. Uh, he actually had a, a Facebook Live session on San Jose Hockey Now, where he's just recording the different groups and just talking about everything that he spoke with Bugner about and how the opening night roster is going to look. So we're going to bring him in on Wednesday, and we're going to have a, a full review essentially of training camp and how it went uh players that we should be looking out for like the john leonard's the nikolai knizov's those guys that you might not hear about right now but you're going to hear about or see on opening night as well as the complications with uh, redeem shimek and essentially what he's going through so um podcasters people listening in on monday today will be the cut day like you will figure out what the san jose sharks roster is going to be on monday we're going to do a full review on Wednesday and then we're going to see them hit the ice Thursday. So it's not only around the corner, like it's on the doorstep. Hockey is here, boys. Like, it's here. I mean, that's why I'm sporting the uh, San Jose Sharks jersey. I figure, you know what? We're, we're basically here. Might as well throw it on. No, I'm not going to show you what names on the back. Uh, <laughs> All I see is a six, so I'm not going to assume anything. It looks okay. like a Ryan Berkeley jersey, a six. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm honestly thinking of getting a, a reverse retro jersey um, in the next couple of weeks here. Because man, those are so so sick. I gotta add another one to my collection. You're beating me out, Nick, with uh, all those sick jerseys behind you. Humble yeah, I drag, humble drag with them behind him, eh? Yeah, exactly. I just I mean, you don't want to. This is all like what's behind the jerseys is just bland and ugly. So I had to have something up here. Uh, so we have a couple comments. Uh, Chris Villa underscore oh one says, "Who do you think has been the most impressive in camp?" I have an answer to that just for me personally. And I, I want to bring that question up to Shang as well on Wednesday. So you'll hear his answer to that. But my answer would probably be John Leonard. My my guy who I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, we should keep an eye on him uh, throughout the training camp. Just a lot of buzz around him as a player. And he's wiggled his way to the second line. So you talk about a guy who is coming from UMass, has no real NHL experience to I, mean, I don't want to say beat out a guy like Donato, but to essentially beat Donato out for the second line right winger position, that's it's huge. He's having an amazing camp, and he's really meshing with the hurdle and Kane line. So we have some uh, more comments from Shane Van Ice. Shane, thanks for tuning into this episode. He says, I think not having the games at the regular home ice is going to give them a tough time, like with the Raptors in Tampa. Uh, Shane always has to bring it back to basketball. Uh, shout out the basketball podcast network, but yeah, I mean, it could give them a tough time. We've talked about it before on this podcast, starting out in Arizona. I mean, it's not going to make things easier. I, I don't know if it's really going to affect them that much, but I mean, we wanted a bounce back season this year to start off like that. It, it is a tough way to start. Yeah. The first eight games are road games. So that yeah. doesn't really factor into it until they go back on their home ice and hopefully restrictions will be let up enough to where they can play in their own arena. Um, but without fans, does it actually really matter? Nick, do you know if, if the team has had to stay like in a hotel in Arizona or what the situation is there? I know they're in Scottsdale right now training at the Ice Den. Um, they have like a whole get up. I believe they're at a, at a team hotel together. But as far as the, the home ice... Is that, I don't know if that's what you're asking about. Is like what they're going to play for home games. I don't know exactly what the situation is now because they're still hoping that they're going to go back to San Jose. 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, the reason I'm asking, I guess, is that that's one way that I could see it maybe having a negative effect is that all these guys are away from their families and not able to stay in their own homes, not able to have that, you know, definitely a factor that connection. And Mm -hmm. so I I feel like if if anything, that could definitely play a part. I think the actual playing on the ice isn't going to be necessarily the the issue. It's it's what the home life is, right? Because I, you know. We know how hard the bubble was, and I can imagine staying in a hotel. Well, that's the thing. You need life to be as normal as possible to yeah. get yourself into a routine. For these athletes, that's super important. So now you don't have that anymore. Exactly. And for um, for football fans, we saw how it affected uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who were in the same exact county, yeah. who went through the exact same process. They had to go to Arizona. They played their home games in Arizona. They're away from all their family members for, I think it was a couple of months. Yeah. So... You're going to see that sort of like, like you said to you're going to see that impact off the ice carry on the ice. So that I think you're you hit the nail on the head there. That would be the biggest impact on them, the personal lives. And then it could show in their own gameplay. Uh, at State of Hoppy says Scottsdale Sharks. Wow. Did you think of that one yourself, bud? Yeah. Like I never heard that one before. <laughs> Come yeah. on, State of Hoppy. Come on, bud. I think he's messaged that on this uh on this podcast, like four weeks in a row, <laughs> a couple yeah, weeks in a row. Now. Just love I've heard that from him. He loves it. Uh, actually, we got one from Shane Van Ice. Uh, did producer T cut his hair or is he just ponytailing it up? Show him the log. Show him the, the ponytail. ponytail. Come on, Olga, let it let it out. Oh, we got to see it. Oh man, here's give, Shane. give the people what they want. This is why you watch the live stream, everybody. Look at the. Uh, He's got his best Sorensen impression, <laughs> dude. It's flaring. God, it's out. like it's like a Head and Shoulders commercial in here, boys. <laughs> He's taking it up to one hundred. <laughs> the flow is real shane i ain't getting a haircut until the covid is mostly done uh say hoppy seems angry now he says i'm the one that mentioned it before you pigeon all right well that's right. what we said you've you commented this like three four weeks in a row that's all i'm saying come on now that's all i'm saying who looks like a pigeon now I'm not trying to start a fight <laughs> but uh <laughs> all right boys uh do you have anything else to say about the uh, training camp or should we move on to stat predictions? Um, they've just made a couple of different group changes as, as far as today goes. Today recording again, Sunday, January 10th, they're going to have another scrimmage. This is their final scrimmage prior to uh, the Monday cut date. So the projected lines looking forward is uh, just right now, Meyer Couture and LeBanc on the first line, Kane Hurl and John Leonard on the second line, uh, Nieto, Noah Gregor and Ryan Donato on the third line, which I and really then, like. I think that's a strong third line for us. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of speed. It's got a lot of uh, I don't want to say a lot of scoring, but it has potential to be. Well, I think Donato. I, adds that, I think Ryan Donato adds that element of scoring to that line. I think he can be mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah, I mean, last year we had a third line of uh, geriatric patients, and now we have speed, so we're good to go. <laughs> as far as that goes, um, the 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 I have parentheses in this line as far as fourth line goes. It's Marlowe, Shellman, and Sorensen. That's just what they uh what they're gonna be putting out for group two, I believe, for today's scrimmage. Uh so expect that to possibly be the starting lineup for this Thursday's game. But that fourth line is gonna be a revolving door of everyone that's on the taxi squad, as well as people like uh, Curtis Gabriel, who will bring in for Vegas games so he could knock out Ryan Reeves, oh. as well as uh you know, we're, we'll have Gambrell in the mix. We're going to have, I think we're going to see an appearance of Sasha Shemlevsky if he goes down to the taxi squad as well. So the fourth line is going to be very fluid. I think the biggest thing right now is like the defensive pairings. So we have the first line pairing of Vlasic Carlson, 
second line is Ferraro and Burns, which is surprising because Shimmick was essentially Burns's. Uh, I don't want like his his partner in crime essentially, um, but with the issues with his knee right now, we don't know the timetable and when he's actually going to be able to play. So I don't think you're going to see him for the season opener on Thursday. And uh, Merkley as well is more than likely not going to make the starting roster. He might play a couple of games here and there, but he's going to spend a lot of time on the Barracuda developing and getting first-line minutes down in the AHL. So the third line or the third defensive pairing looks like it's going to be a somewhat amalgam of like Jake Middleton, Pashnuk, and uh, Knaisov, which we're going to kind of touch on, on on Wednesday's interview with Shang. You know, there's a part of me that wanted to see Ryan Merkley make this team, but realistically, I mean, him going to the AHL just makes the most sense. He's not the kind of guy that I think would come into the NHL right away and make an impact. I think he needs to play, you know, that that style of game that's in the AHL. It's more of a, a grinding kind of style. It's it's not a flashy game, and he's going to have to adapt. And I think if he can do that, then he can make a jump into the NHL next season and actually make an impact, you know, he needs to be more defensively aware, but I mean, this guy's got mm. talent. This guy's got raw offensive talent, which, you know, we, we would welcome on this team, but right now today, this team doesn't necessarily need that. We have Brent Burns. We have Eric Carlson on the back end that can provide that offense. So we need him to be a little bit more is all I'm saying before he really makes the jump. Yeah. 100%. Bob Bugner actually said he had an okay camp. That was it. It wasn't anything amazing. We know what he can do offensively with the puck, but the question marks have always surrounded his defensive play. And I feel like he's going to be able to fine tune those abilities in the AHL under Roy Sommer and actually be able to learn how to play defense in the NHL because it's not the OHL. You're not going to be able to kind of dance around people like you can, you know, in the juniors, you're going to have to play more sound defensive game. Like your offense can carry over. But like you said, the defense has to be worked on. And, and here's the other thing with Ryan Merkley. I mean, there's been, you know, talks about his attitude issues early on. But I'm telling you, when the guy's wearing a bolo tie and he's telling you to do something, you're going to do it. So I, yeah, it's going to put him in the shape. <laughs> it really is. And I mean, to see how he's progressed mentally from the last couple of years, being bounced around from team to team and finally settling with the London Knights. He had an interview recently with Shang Peng. I really recommend everyone to go take a look at that article on San Jose Hockey Now. You can see in just how he's talking, because they're all direct quotes. So how he talks about himself, how he kind of came into juniors with like a bit of a different mindset, and he wasn't necessarily ready for it. It's a person who's taking accountability for their actions and also giving praise to the coaching staff and the general manager of the London Knights, helping him mature not only physically as a hockey player but mentally as a human being he's going to be very special I, I just want him to come into the nhl within the next two years and just shut everybody the fuck up so that way they can all just feel bad for passing up on him well i think what a lot of people have to remember <coughs> sometimes and it's easy for to forget with these guys i mean they're drafted in the nhl they're 18 years old i mean from 18 to 20 21 years old i mean you you go through a lot of changes you become more mature so i mean you know, being a knock at the draft, for, you know, is, that's why he dropped so low with some of the attitude issues. I think with an organization like the Sharks, I don't think it's an issue. I think that's something that can be worked on. And obviously, it's already getting better. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what this kid can do. Um, should we move on to stat predictions here? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to predict uh, who's going to score the most goals for the San Jose Sharks this year, the most assists, the most points, and the most wins. Now, normally you wouldn't do this the most wins, but I figure, you know, with Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik, 
fighting it out for the number one spot on this team, it could be an interesting discussion. So we're going to go with that. Uh, let's start off with the most goals. And I'm going to start with my prediction. I'm going to say Evander Kane comes out of this season, you know, $7.8 million in debt and all, but he's going to come out <laughs> with 21 goals in the 2021 NHL season. Um, boys, thoughts on that? You think I'm You think I'm pretty bang on or what? Well, I with my prediction, I, I I went with the same player but higher. So I agree to a certain extent. But we'll you, get you to are that. you are always higher. That is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, let's go with you. What's your prediction? Well, well, just talking about your prediction, I just want to remind everyone who's listening in that it might seem like a low number what we're going to be shooting at you guys. It's because remember, it's a fifty-six game season. It's, exactly, it's only a, a certain percentage, like just above sixty percent of the season instead of a full eighty-two games. So yes, Evander Kane is easily like a thirty-goal guy. But in a 56-game season, it's going to be difficult for him to bring those numbers. So um, I factored in a couple of different factors uh, involving age as well as line minutes. I went with Timo Meyer. I feel like Timo Meyer is going to be able to finally take that next step in this type of offensive system, as well as knowing where he's been on the power play unit during training camp. I know he scores a lot of grimy-ass goals, and he's supposed to be the one taking over that Pavelski role sitting in front of the net. So I, I have him right now at 27 goals leading the Sharks. It's a high number. I mean, that would be amazing if uh, Meyer was able to pull off 27 goals. For me, it was really a toss-up for me between those two players. I mean, mm. I feel like Meyer could have a, a real breakout season here. 27 goals would be amazing. But uh, Evander Kane's going to score even more, according to Producer T. Yeah, I actually had the the same two players in mind, Meyer and Kane. I just think that Kane... He had a he had a good season last year. I think he's gonna. This is really his prime right now. I think he's really trying to be the leader on the Sharks team and really be a standout player. Now that Pavelski has moved on, now that Thornton's moved on, I think he really is gonna thrive in that role. I think he's gonna pull up twenty eight goals. I know that's Ooh. high in the amount of games. I, he had twenty six in in um, in sixty five games last year. So it is so a it's, big. It's a jump, but it's not yeah, too far. Exactly, I mean, and yeah. I, I do think he's going to improve. So I don't think he's going to get worse. It, it's a little high for sure, but I do think it's going to be Kane, and it's going to be twenty-eight goals. He's going to be the one who drafted Kane for their fantasy hockey league. Like you should be throwing some some high fives to producer T's way. <laughs> that way, he's going to win you a fantasy league. <laughs> uh, Nick, you were actually in the THPN fantasy league. Did you uh, did you pick up a Vander Kane or what? I, I did not. Uh, based on my draft position, he didn't necessarily line up with where my, my ADP was. Um, I, I picked Hurdle instead. Okay, uh, okay. Go I got that. a couple Sharks on my team. I got Brent Burns. So it's a 14-team league. It's brutal. The goaltending was... Pickup. Burns is a good pickup. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like that. Yeah, Burns was a solid pickup. He's my first D-man. I feel like he's going I feel like he's gonna light it up. And you're, you're going to see that when we talk about uh, another one of these categories here pretty soon. <laughs> did you get Martin Jones, too? Uh, last pick of the draft. Yes, I grabbed yeah. Martin Jones for a fuck it pick. So why not? Producer <laughs> <laughs> T would be proud. Uh, Are you proud? So disappointed. No, he's, so he's disappointed. not. Last pick of the draft. There's like nobody left in a 14 team league. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna Fair grab enough. a possible bounce back candidate. If he if he fails within the first couple of weeks, he's on the waiver wire. I guess <laughs> I guess it shows how poorly Jones is when he's still available in a yeah. 14 his, team. His draft. expected rank was 563. <laughs> Devin wow. Dubnik was actually ranked higher than martin jones wow what a what a fall from the that, past couple of years yeah there. that's incredible you know? yeah from going to the finals of the stanley cup and yeah. uh 
No, yeah, the no, 500 I mean, pick. Now, now, now Nick's yeah, throwing bucket picks and picking you up. I mean, um, at the same time, he talked about how much stronger and faster he feels. We're going to go over that as well in the interview with Shang and how he feels like the time off has really helped him well, get back to surely his... Surely to God, he can't get slower. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> I don't think it was the speed that was uh, killing him from those bad angles, but uh, yeah. yeah, Whatever uh, we'll, helps him. We'll move on to the most assists. Now, I'm going to go... And it's not because I'm wearing his jersey. I'm going to go with Eric Carlson here. I think he's going to put up 38 assists. Um, I think it's going to be a, a somewhat of a bounce back year. I mean, last season, he still put up pretty good numbers. Uh, but I think he's going to have a solid year this year. I'm going to say 38 assists. Actually, have uh, really good numbers, like as far as like a point per game perspective. Yeah, no, totally. And I don't think a lot of people would expect that. Because, I mean, he gets a lot of heat in this market. But if you really look at the numbers, he's had some productive uh season so far but nick i think you uh you also got carlson yeah i you had him at 38 i put him at 40 i, I feel like if carlson can stay healthy this guy is gonna revert back to his uh stanley cup final like ottawa with shabbat type of you know performance with the guy like vlasic he's gonna quarterback the power play so it's gonna start with him um i, I really I, I like, like that i i like vlasic playing with carlson yeah. i, I oh, actually yeah. think that's a great fit I don't know exactly. I, I should research these things before I go spouting out this nonsense, but there's an advanced metric that had them in like top five when they actually played together, but they so rarely played together that it's almost could be classified as like a fluke. Hmm. They yeah. just gave up very minimal high danger chances. I think it was and had a higher percentage of like defensive zone exits. So they're not giving up shots from the high slot and they're controlling the puck while they're exiting the zone. So it's it's really good defensive play rubbing off from Vlasic on the Carlson and great offensive play moving forward, carrying it out themselves. Yeah, I, I'd like to see them try it out, at least for you know the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, Producer T, who do you got? Uh, I wanted to mix it up a bit, and I went with another one of our defensive juggernauts in uh, Brent Burns. I think he's going to have 38 assists. Again, this is a little... Being a little um, hopeful, I think, same with my Kane number. He had 33 in 70 games last year. So I think everyone is going to have to have a bounce back year. Yeah. I think Burns is going to be up there as well. Burns and Carlson are going to be the key as to whether this team really is going to do well this year or whether they're going to kind of live up to our predictions and not do so well. So hopefully, I think it's going to be Burns with 38 assists. And rumor has it, ever since he was on that series, Vikings, like he's just out for blood. <laughs> this guy is blood hungry, so watch out. Uh, for uh, let's go to most points here. I'll, I'll run through mine quickly. I think it's Eric Carlson. I think he's going to put up 11 goals, 38 assists for 49 points this upcoming season. Nick, who do you have? I uh, I went with Burns. I talked about kind of where they're going to be as far as on the power play. Uh, Burns is going to be sitting in Ovi's office, essentially just taking clappers for that first power play unit. I have him at 14 goals, which I feel like he's really going to get a lot of power play. Um, goals as well as 36 assists, putting him at 50 points. You know, Burns has had point per game seasons before, and I feel like it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to do it this year. So I put him at just under a point per game. Yeah, I think that's pretty realistic. Uh, yeah. Who do you have? I have Kane. I'm, I'm following on with my uh, most goals. Okay, fair I enough. think he's gonna have uh, 28 goals, like I said earlier. He's also gonna add on 20 assists and 48 points. I think he's going to have to be the catalyst for this offense. Like I said, I think he's going to have to try and step up a bit more into Pavelski's role, into you know, into the just into the gaps where we're losing that leadership and and losing that firepower. So hopefully, Kane can fill in the gap. I mean, I don't know what kind of bonus clauses this guy has in his contract, <laughs> but he might, you know, 
you know what? He might have his best season ever trying to pay off that debt. winning those <laughs> It's funny because T keeps talking about how he's going to assume that leadership role. There's been a lot of rumblings that with Joe Thornton leaving, there's an alternate captain spot that's left open right now. And Kane's name has been brought up such a high number of times. I think he would fit that role perfectly. Just the, the way that he's kind of outspoken, you know, that he, he, he isn't necessarily the good boy or anything, but he has that audacity. He has that tenacity, that, that aggressive on the ice. That's going to be perfect to lead that extra bite in this. Team. Yeah. He'll, he'll stand up and talk when it's needed. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's not afraid, but I mean, I just, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what the relationship is like between other players and Evander Kane in the dressing room. I really Everything don't. Everything that I've heard now, this is all somewhat recent. Um, everything that I heard is nothing but positive reviews. It's funny because like you think back to like the, the Sabres and the Jets, how he was just commonly like in the media, he was just commonly referred to as just like, like you said, this bad boy, no one got along with him. Fucking suit was thrown in the goddamn shower and shit. And um, yeah, yeah, exactly. When he comes over to San Jose, all of a sudden everything changes. Like, yeah, he's a bit of a dick on the ice. We all know, like, the whole Kane incident. He can't pay his fucking bills, yada, 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 <laughs> right? But, you know, when when guys talk about, oh, dude, I was, I was kind of nervous to meet Kane because, man, he's got, like, this aura around him that, like, demands respect. And then they meet him, and he's like, dude, he's a fucking teddy bear. He's gone on record to talk about that when he was talking to uh, someone brought it up about the Jake Paul fight. It's like he's gone on record and said, I'm just a big-ass fucking teddy bear. Like, he's a, he's a dad. Come on I, think, I think that's why he's perfect for the A, because like you like you just said, people are nervous to meet him because he demands respect even just because of who he is, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's because of the bad boy image or whatever it is. But if he actually has that like leadership qualities in the dressing room, not in the media, then I think he's absolutely perfect for the A. Maybe he's not quite quite mature enough, um, you know, to have the full C right now. But I think there'll be a perfect chance for him to just prove that he he deserves that A. And I think I think he does. I really do. Yeah, I think it'd be too weird of a situation to strip Couture of the C after his first season. Yeah, sure. It would just put like a whole weird vibe. So you, you give it to Burns, you give the A to Burns, you give Couture the C, you give Evander Kane an A, and I, I agree with that 100%. It would just be a, a solid core of leaders in the yeah. locker room with people like Joe Thornton gone and Marlowe in the twilight of his career. You're, you're looking forward to the near future to hopefully turn this team around quickly and not have to do a full-scale rebuild, you need to build around the core of players, and Evander Kane is a mature core player in that locker room. All right, guys, let's uh, let's finish off these predictions with the most wins. Now, this is obviously for the goaltenders. I'm going to start off with my predictions, and that's Martin Jones. I think he's going to pull out 14 wins this season. It's not a lot, but I don't know if we're going to get a lot of wins, period, uh, for the Sharks. I feel like they're going to be pretty close to 50-50, though. I feel like Devin Dubnik is going to get a lot of games this year. Uh, So he might end up around, you know, maybe just one win under uh, Martin Jones at like 12, 13, somewhere in that area. But I'm going to go with Martin Jones for mine. Nick, what do you have? So kind of doing the math, right? I figured it'd be more of a 60-40 split in favor of who is number one. You know, assuming that Martin Jones is the number one guy, the 60% would put him at around 33, 34 games. So I want him to win at least half of those. If you can't win half of those, you're not going to be on this team next year. So I put him at 17 wins on the season. Now, the majority of the reason why the number, again, is a bit lower is because I projected this team to not make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a fringe team. I think they're, they're going to be fifth seed in the, uh, what is it, the NHL West Division. No, 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 
Yeah, the Honda West Division, please. Yeah, well, I, there's a whole actual name. <laughs> I tried to get it right. Uh, so, I, yeah, I put him at 17 <laughs> wins. I feel like Dubnik will probably around the same exact number, but the team is not going to be uh, team's not going to be in the playoffs. Uh, Producer T, now you have quite a prediction here. I'm looking at the outline. Now you're okay. You're really loving Martin Jones right now. All our we long, love you some Jones. <laughs> all our long-term listeners know that I am absolutely not um a, a martin jones fan i it, i just really am not so <laughs> i didn't i didn't actually fill in this on the outline because i i didn't want to write jones in so i think nick <laughs> nick decided to fill it in for me yes, and uh <laughs> jones taking 36 wins nick was taken when he thought that i would be predicting this but let me have some of those damn hey, no i, I think i think boys i think i have an idea <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> just, just, oh, just uh, 36 wins. Uh, That's no. really the only explanation. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, but I, it, I, it, I did a bump with Tony Montana. <laughs> uh, now Martin Jones is the best goalie in the league. No. Um, in, in my, Imagine, though, like, hypothetically, <laughs> in the universe where you jokingly put 36 wins and he goes out and has like a Vesna caliber fucking money year. on it. I, I told you are weird. Go, oh. He's gonna do like a, he's gonna sacrifice a couple chickens and he's gonna be <laughs> boys. If that happens, I'll rip the Carlson right <laughs> off the back of this jersey and get Jones <laughs> fucking sewed right on. Dude, I'll get a Jones jersey yeah. if that happens. <laughs> yeah. not that one. Like, write it I'm down. Lucky. Write it down. <laughs> I don't think that one's worth writing down. Let's be honest. Thirty-six wins ain't gonna happen. Full eighty-two game season ain't gonna happen. Fifty-six, <laughs> not a fucking chance. Definitely not. Uh, Imagine that. Holy shit, dude. Oh man! Uh, All right, so uh, the walrus. I don't know if anyone's keeping track, but there was our predictions. Yeah. Uh, about three weeks into the season, we'll we we will have forgotten them. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no, I it. screenshotted them. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. I oh, he's on top of it. Oh, he's on top of it. I screenshotted on my phone. It's right here. I got it pulled up. It's good to go. You can Beautiful. tell because if I scroll a little bit over to the left, you'll see my son taking a clapper from the point. So. Oh, nice. Good form. Yeah. Good form. That's a great oh, yeah. photo, Nick. Get down on your knees and shit to take that one. No, that was my wife. She's a. Oh, I was the action goalie. shot. You yeah. sliding on the ice, taking the. Oh, picture. oh I got to show you guys a video of it. It's hilarious. I know I'm kind of running off on a tangent here, but I'm like playing goalie so he can take a shot, and he just he just takes a, lot, a tiny little shot. It just rolls in between my legs. That's a good shot. We know you can score on Martin Jones now. Little <laughs> <laughs> <Put a> bumps. <laughs> oh, I'll send it to you guys. It's gonna be great. I love it. So. uh there you have it, folks. After the break, we're going to get into, you know what we're going to get into. Uh, Nick will try it. We're also going to get producer T uh, to sniff the chili <laughs> bamboo shoots that Isha tried the other day uh, because it is, it's a fucking nightmare. It's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the live stream. Thanks, everybody, for listening on the podcast. On the other side, Nick will try it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another segment of Nick Will Try. And we got some nasty shit on board today. So sit down, put on your fireplace, grab some wine, and watch as this shit unfolds, baby. All right. Uh, big shout I out. absolutely love that clip. I'm sorry. I know we've used it a few times now, but oh. It's just amazing. Yeah, we, we need to find the guy that uh, we hired to do the vocals for that because, man. Next Barry White right it, there. It puts you in some kind of mood, I'll tell you. <sighs> Moister than an oyster, I'll tell you what. 
Moister. Yeah. That's <laughs> moister. I like it. Uh, all right, Nick, what are we trying this week? So I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Okay. okay. Halfway through the World Juniors game, me and Kyle had a friendly little bet. If Team USA won, he owes me a beer. If Canada wins, I owe him a beer, right? So for some reason, he decided halfway through the game, he was going to up it. He's going to up the bet for no reason whatsoever. I think he was, I think he had a couple, couple of uh, whiskeys on the rocks or something. I don't know. <laughs> he was like, Nick, if Team USA continues this and they win, I'm, I'm going to do my best, uh, my best Kyle impersonation. If Team USA wins. Oh, dude, your oh, internet. Oh, yeah, no, hold on. Yeah, yeah. your internet didn't cut out. <laughs> you so got to lag. You got to have some wind chimes <laughs> in the back, dude. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to eat whatever nasty shit you want. Right, okay. but I'm, I'm not gonna have him eat nasty shit. Kyle has always told me I'll eat whatever you guys want as long as it's not hot as balls. So I went out and I got these bad boys, the jelly bean or sorry, the jelly belly bean boozled jelly beans, the fiery five challenge warning, extremely hot. I was like, well, fuck yeah, that's gonna be it right there. We had the whole plan set up. We were gonna have him do it with me. It was gonna be an exciting adventure. And here we are. <laughs> no, Kyle. Hey. Solo yeah. adventure. I mean, I, I'd bring him in, but I don't think that would do much good. So, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. No, no. This is <laughs> so. This is the fiery five take on the bean boozled. Now, if you, I don't know if you've ever had the bean boozled before. It's basically like, okay, we have two different jelly beans that look the same. One's gonna be vanilla cream. The other one's gonna be spoiled milk. So then you spin it. You figure out which one it is. You eat one. You have to figure out if it's a spoiled so milk. They're not or... separated. Like they're no, not they're so not. Bad. It's oh, all together. Okay. That's the oh. best part. You're going to get boozled, right? So this is just their their hot take on it. So we have five different levels of fire here. Uh, from least hot to most hot, we have sriracha, jalapeno, cayenne, habanero, and Carolina Reaper, which is hot as fuck, by the way. On the Scoville unit, I think it's between 1.6 and 2 million Scovilles, which is like a lot, I guess. A lot of Scovilles, bro. Go. So uh, I actually had the the blazing wings is made from Carolina Reaper sauce. I like the pepper. The sauce is made from the Carolina Reaper pepper. So it was pretty hot. Um, so the best part about it is it comes with this nifty little wheel here. Well, that's so that's you, the best part. That is fancy. Yeah, you spin the wheel. Why is this camera quality so bad? Uh, you spin this wheel, and essentially this is going to be a test run. I'm not going to have exactly this one yet. We're going to do it a couple of times. I'm going to try each one, and I'm going to try to talk my way through it. But. Uh, so you spin the wheel, and then it lands on something like cayenne. You can see a little bit of orange right there. So you land on cayenne, and then you'd eat it, right? So, without further ado, fuck it. Let's get this bait. Let's get this puppy going. So, I'm gonna spin it. You have to try to spin it flat. I've tried to spin it a couple of times, and if you hold it up like this, it's just terrible. So we're gonna spin this puppy flat. Oh, what a spin! That was a hell of a spin. Wow. Landed on habanero. Sorry habanero. for flicking. Mike, by the way, guys, <laughs> it's the sound effects. It's good. Yeah, habanero is the orange one. I'll show you the color so you don't think I'm lying. Habanero is orange. He ain't lying, so, folks. Let's get this puppy going. And what? Which level was that? Was that like number three on the list? Second hottest. Second hottest. Oh, okay. 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 We're we're right up there. Starting off right hot. next to uh, chili bamboo shoots. <laughs> Very hot. So on a on a scale of one to ten, ten being the hottest, what would you put this at? I give it like so. The thing I don't like is throat hot, because throat hot sucks when you when it burns in your throat. Mm. Habaneros aren't very popular for that. I'm taking my hat off. Oh, <laughs> oh they're the spicy. 
It's a little warm. Sorry, it's the hair's sweating. all fucked. So, when you eat hot food, basically the the hot shit sticks to these receptors in your mouth, and it sends these signals to your brain. Hey, this shouldn't be happening. So then it makes your mouth salivate, which is why it's very, very <laughs> like I got a lot of saliva right now, and you start sweating too. So it's hot in a sense that it is causing the reactors in my brain to actually function correctly. Sports, sorry to cut you off. Vi Sports Talk says Q Nelly. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, hot her. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely like warm. The Carolina Reaper is gonna fuck me up. Man, you know a lot about spicy food. Yeah, man. man like, I'll be honest. When when, when, when Dylan said one to ten, I thought you were just gonna do maybe like a seven. Not like have you, like the you knowledge went into, of the like, receptors, receptors and I love it. It's awesome. okay. So I've done my work. research since <laughs> I accepted Richie Flores's challenge. Okay, to do the the white chocolate challenge, the chocolate right. challenge, which I still have, still out there. When I accepted that challenge. I was like, look, okay, I need to understand what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> Why do people drink milk? Why don't we drink water? Well, the water doesn't actually dissolve the chemical that's like sticking to your capsaicin receptors. The fat in the dairy is what dissolves it. Man, so I can I, just I, picture you like at home I till know. like three o'clock in the morning like watching, like, watching documentaries on eating. Yeah, there's a, I, there was one about a Canadian guy who like does it for a living. He goes over to Korea and eats like the hottest stuff. Like he had six, <laughs> he had like six Carolina Reapers peppers that he, that he ate. He had to get hospitalized. I was gonna say I'd hate to be his fucking oh, digestive man. system, man, or his yeah. toilet bowl for that matter. Actually, oh yeah, it's bad if you don't have a day. <laughs> first off. <laughs> Grow up because it's the 21st century. It's 2021. Get a fucking bidet. At uh, least you should be using baby wipes if we're going to get into the conversation. No, but um, if you, uh, yeah, it, it's hot. Baby hot wipe. Never See, heard of the baby wipe. North, North America has the dirtiest assholes in the world. Like, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, All right. So that was the first one. That was habanero. We're going to move on. We're not going to talk about Red from habanero to dirty, dirty, dirty assholes. Okay. We're going to spin this puppy again. Oh, that was a fucked spin. Oh, it went on the line. I'm going to try it again. Oh, looky there. Can you guys read that? I I think that says Carolina, Carolina Reaper. Reaper. That's oh, that's Carolina that. Reaper. That's what we were Here waiting we go. for. That's the I mean, big one. Like, there's no point in me doing the other ones, right? Because this is like hot as fuck. Crim like, Okay. <laughs> so I so think fun. it's this one because it's the light red one with the darker red speckles. This is going to be hot as fuck, by the way. I mean, if you don't know which one it is, I suggest just taking all five, putting it in your hand, <laughs> and mucking it. <laughs> Is there an equal amount of each one in there, Nick? Or is it like only a few Carolina Reapers? Oh, he's dying. Yeah, he, he can't. <laughs> Just has good flavor. Oh, oh okay. okay. Not, not what I was expecting yeah. at all. Like you can taste the difference because habaneros and Carolina Reapers. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. Oh, it's, it's coming. But there's one thing it ain't. That's oh, wait, bamboo the, shoots <laughs> at VA Sports Talk. I would rather eat five like different th hot shit than eat those bamboo shoots. Like I would rather have my mouth be on fire yeah. like it is now. Cause this is actually a lot hotter than I thought it was. Um, <laughs> I am salivating so much. Oh my Lord. Was it one of those late hitters? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, fuck, I should have known this. 
Yeah, what's the, what's the research behind the late hitter, dude? I, I should have known this because, <laughs> oh, fuck me. So, oh, shit. The same thing happened when I ate the, I had the, exact, I had the exact same reaction when I had those. Okay, I can breathe now. That's nice. Okay. Um, I had the exact same reaction when I ate those blazing wings because I was like, wow, it's got really good flavor. That's actually surprisingly, oh, my God, my mouth is on fire. My mouth is on fire. Somebody help, right? I think I'm gonna take the bidet and squirt it in my fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, oh, no, this is actually uh, too much. It's hot. It's so, hot. someone brought up the chili uh, bamboo shoots and reminded me that producer T. I was not to, in uh, studio last week. Has so. to take a, but it has to be a big whiff. Like you can't uh, just go in there oh, and do a I little snip to your schnoz deep in that fucking that ring. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got to do it out here. Oh. And we got we got oh we got Issa Jerome in the studio here. Issa, you wanted a second win? He he actually puked when Ooh. he tried it. Now this guy's in the corner. He's in a ball in the fetal position, crying, shaking because of the memories Dude, from the like, chili. It's like a juice. thick liquid though. It's a syrup. I just yeah, yeah, I thought it'd be like a vinegar. Can you imagine? Yeah, we we got we, we got ain't drinking the syrup. Like, oh come on! We don't have a huge studio here, so like it's reeking up the whole thing. Drink the syrup. Oh okay, no, that that okay. sounds awful. That's... But you know, Dylan, you you described it last week, I believe, as uh, dirty socks, dirty That's musky moldy yeah, socks. There you go. I I honestly think that is the most accurate description. Yeah, okay, thank it's you. very musky. I should be a food moldy. critic. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> this tastes like old socks. <laughs> Uh, oh man! I think Nick's still slowly dying inside. He his is. mouth is on fire. Is. It's hot. I'm surprised you don't have any milk or anything. You don't have any milk prepped or anything. I got like a beer. What do you think I am? Come oh, on, there now. you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there was another segment of Nick will try it. Amazing it. stuff. Uh, it gets better and better every week. Although I don't know if we're gonna top Isha puking in the background, yeah. but. Uh, this is fucking yeah. hot, boys. I just want to point that out right no, now. No, it looks like it looks like you're struggling, and I can't wait for you to try that one chocolate challenge. Uh, that's going to be twelve so different reapers in it. By 12 the way, twelve different Jesus. That Christ. sounds awful. That's gonna that's gonna destroy you for like a full week, man. Like I would not want to do that. So nah, kudos to you for doing it. Power, dude. It's just gonna be liquid, anyways. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> wait, <all right>. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Actually, yeah. oh, you just think doing it in the shower is gonna be liquid anyway? It's gonna be a liquid anyways. Oh, uh, a, a quick God. update for all our fans uh, who love the Nick will try it segment. Vi Sports Talk says I'll be back with something puke worthy soon. There is we that go. Th- that sounds like a promise. I was gonna say that sounds like a promise. Yeah, it sounds so, like a promise. So wait, we're gonna have Isha buying something puke worthy for one of you two? No, okay. no, he's gonna eat it and he's gonna puke. It doesn't oh, take okay. much. Um, Shane Van Ice also says producer T should hit a dab from a dab rig. <laughs> I hundred percent will do that. <laughs> I will take a fat dab uh, right oh, on man. the we'll try it segment. Shane, thanks for tuning in. You, you've given us some good laughs on this episode, so we appreciate it, buddy. Um, my ears got holy shit. That's that's when you know it's spicy. Yeah, you your headphones are sliding off from the sweat. Yeah, I'm gonna get a mad endorphin rush from this, man. Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, I, I think this is a good time to wrap up. I think it's a fantastic I think we've, I think we've gone all <laughs> up about uh, some pretty crazy topics here. But thanks, to everybody, for listening to the live stream. Uh, checking out the podcast as well. Let's give a last shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network, the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net producer T. You can follow myself at producer underscore T E E. And Nick, 
You can find me at nickfloor underscore. Be on the lookout for an interview with Shang Peng, by the way. This coming yeah, week. that's that's going to be a great one. I was about to say, you can find Nick in aisle 11 next to the milk section. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. This has been a fun one. We will catch you on Thursday.